0: I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is, Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric home of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi,
1: and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. All right, this is The Big Douglas Show. It is the second week that we'll open up the scouting notebook. And today, I got Mike Haas. How are you, Mike? And I
0: gotta Nicole. say,
1: living the dream living the dream every
2: day. And Nate Coleman is back on the show. Nate, how are you? Hey, Doug. Thanks for having me on, man. Glad to be back. Uh, Proud of your Georgia Bulldogs. uh, Ready to talk some football, too. Let's go.
1: (laughs) Well, let's get right into it. Let's start with uh, the most important position on the field. If you don't got one, you're looking for one. Let's start with quarterbacks. We won't spend the full segment or episode today talking about them, Uh, but let's start with uh, you, Nate, and Rank them as you got them, uh, guys you'd be willing to take at 11 if we still had that pick quarterback-wise.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've been doing a lot of thinking about this, and I'm, I'm still early in my uh, you know process of evaluating these guys. I know Mike and a lot of other people have spent the last year, maybe two years, looking at these guys, which yeah. is fun because you get to see yeah. them grow up. But yeah. the, the scenario I'm looking at right now is I think it would be really awesome to look at trading back here. Um, Cause yeah. I, I see these quarterbacks falling. I, I see one going in the top 10 and maybe two going in, in that, you know, that back half. So, I, I mean, I'm interested in trading back. I think that's what I'm really keying in on right now, but if I had to pick one right now, it's so close to me. I, I don't think there's anything that separates any of these guys because you can really Nothing. pick apart any of them. I mean, there, there's something, yeah. there's something bad to say about all of them. And last year, you really couldn't do that. But I guess if I had to have one guy, uh, right now just i think he's like pro ready and everything but yeah what how can you justify the other four years of mediocrity you or mediocrity you, you you can't there's no like there's no real argument to it so like it congratulations you're 23 and you're the best player on the <laughs> field and you're beating up on players who are much younger than you but i mean that, yeah. that is a huge question mark like you, you there's really nothing you can say about it, to be honest. Like it's just he broke out now. I'd love to hear like more, you know, Mike's thoughts on this or or you, Doug. Like, why did it take him so long?
0: So with, with Pickett is he's very clean, and a lot of people get infatuated with how clean and how smooth he is because his transition to the NFL is going to be very easy. He's very scheme diverse. He can do he does everything well, but in that regard, he's more on the lines of Derek Carr and, and Kirk Cousins than he is at, at, at than Joe Burrow. A lot of people want to talk about Joe Burrow. Oh, man, he came on uh, last year. understand Joe Burrow, the year before he went on for 60 touchdowns, even he threw 16. He had, and that was just one year experience. Pickett had four years and never got past 13 touchdowns before his fifth year. And another thing is how clean he is. When you break them down, um, especially frame by frame, Like, and I I don't recommend this for everybody that's evaluating um, a lot of college prospects. I really honed in on quarterbacks this year. So it, I'm so far behind on receivers, on corners, on safeties, because I did it frame by frame. And when I say frame by frame, is besides getting the R22, besides getting the, the videos, is I was literally snap, 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 from snap to release to drop to, like, everything. And when you do it that way, not just do you see it in full motion, you see it as it comes. And there's some things that I... I question Pickett when it comes to how smooth he is, is why are you having scissor feet? You have five years of experience. Like when you're dropping and I'm going to do this with my feet real fast, when you're dropping, right. And and you're dropping and you're going over like this. I don't know if you can see that, but when you go over like that, that's that's scissor feet. And what that does is you're not keeping yourself set. And it's even worse than a heel clip because the heel click you're at least getting your your foot back forward like but when your legs cross over that means you have to reset come back and and be wide that's that's alarming and he doesn't do it all the time but on deeper drops like five to seven drops um and i i feel that he's gonna have a real successful career but he doesn't he also doesn't have that high upside so My question is, is this his ceiling? And if you're gonna take a quarterback that early, you don't want their ceiling to be where they're at, you know?
1: The cop for Kenny Pickett is Kirk Cousins. Is that fair?
0: I I like him as Derek Carr a lot. Um, but I I think that Derek Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr. That I, I get those type of feelings. Not bad, but also not both teams could be looking on, looking to move on from them. So that tells you <laughs> something.
1: Yeah, I and I think it's interesting. I, I'm not sure. And, and this is why I asked you guys to kind of be ready for second and third round picks, just because I, I have a feeling that Washington will do whatever they can to move that pick to bring in a veteran quarterback this year. I I, I just don't I, I again, unless they just can't get one of those guys they want I think that I'd be surprised if they're picking quarterback at 11 I'd be surprised if they're picking 11
0: overall at all go ahead Mike here's the thing is for as much as as we can talk about what Malik Willis needs to work on there's no denying he's the only prospect that has that type of a ceiling right and I'm talking about as a thrower and a runner and I can easily see, see, a scenario where Washington goes that direction. Um, Corral, Corral right now is, is better right now, but Willis hasn't even scratched the surface and when we talk about the accuracy and efficiencies are usually close, uh, short to intermediate, right? That's very important part of the game. But also remember this is he is deadly accurate down the field with the ball placement and everything and i'm gonna use this analogy it's easier to teach a great three-point shooter to shoot free throws than it is a bad shooter to shoot free throws you get what i'm saying like if you're if you're deadly behind the uh behind the arc but and you struggle at the free throw line oh i have more money invested in you getting better as a free throw shooter than somebody who can't shoot getting better as a free throw shooter
1: I've long said, and I've heard this several times from many different people, that Rod Rivera and company have kind of used the Bills as their rebuild model. Uh, And I have said that I wonder if he will see Willis as his version of John Allen. Are those comps fair, do you think, Nate?
2: Not really. I I don't think there's another quarterback like Josh Allen. He's a unicorn. Um, He's a lot bigger than Malik Willis. Uh, Malik yeah. Willis is going to probably test a little. I, I don't know. Like, he's going to run a little bit faster. Allen didn't run that fast. I think he ran like a, right under a 4.8. You know, Malik Willis is going to run under a 4.5, I think. Uh, I, I would, I would have run a Yeah, I, I think 4. he'll run a 4.4. 4, but you gotta you got to remember, like – Allen is going to test very well because he's so big and he's still really athletic. You know, Malik is not that big, so he should run, yeah. he should run faster, yeah. um, but there's yeah. no one like Allen. There's never been a quarterback as inaccurate as he was in college, go to the pros and then turn Fix it around it. by year three. That doesn't happen very much. Um, yeah. And that, that's the question for Malik. I mean, like he's, he has like a career 62% completion percentage. That's really low for an NFL, like first round quarterback. There's other guys who have done it and been successful, but like, I guess my biggest question with him is like, I, I like him. I do think he has like a lot of talent, but like there's other good deep passers in the, it, that are first round like prospects. You know, like Sam Howell is good. Sam Howell, yeah. A lot of them are pretty good. Uh, You know, even yeah. Ritter Ritter improved a lot this year as far as being a deep ball thrower. So I think all of them kind of are good at that. I don't think one is much better than the other. If anything, it might be Howell or it might be Correll. Like I, I like all three of them, but like my biggest question with, with Malik and even how to is like pocket, pocket presence, pocket awareness. Can you throw from yeah. a clean pocket? Malik didn't get a, a lot of opportunities to throw from a clean <laughs> pocket because he doesn't trust yeah. his protection, but he also led yeah. to a lot of the sacks he got and how was kind of yeah. like, when you see a sack, it's never just one thing. It's the sum of parts, right? You have a yeah. blown assignment, you have bad protection. Part of that's on the quarterback. Sometimes it's purely on the quarterback. Sometimes it's not Yeah. But, like, I don't think Malik, pr- trusted his protection. I think uh, Liberty is built around pre, pre-reading pre before the ball is even snapped. You know, he already knows yeah. where he's going with the ball. He's not doing a lot of processing after that. And that might be on Liberty. I don't know. Like, I, I it's hard to say, but I mean, you can- That's my, That was my point. Yeah. That was I, my point. I'm why, sorry to interrupt why
1: did you. He leave, why did he leave Auburn? Do we know?
0: He got beat. <laughs> he got beat well, out. I, I feel like there is, is multi-layered um, yeah. because the thing about it is, Is he was a three star prospect coming out of Georgia, same high school as Cam Newton, by the way. Um, And Bo Nix was wasn't he a five star recruit? Uh, If not, he was four star at least. But Bo Nix's dad was Patrick Nix, who was an Auburn great quarterback in the nineties. So there was a little bit of nepotism too, and there was pressure on starting the guy that's higher that has a higher star, right? So I, I feel that. They, and this is, this is actually documented. They wanted to keep him, but use him in packages. And that's documented for the Auburn. They didn't want to lose uh, Willis. They just knew that they had to go with Knicks. And that's unfortunate, but look how it turned out for Malik, elite talent, and look how it turned out for Knicks, not even at Auburn no more. Well, that's that Um,
2: feeling you talked about, Mike, right? Like when when Willis went there, he probably wasn't as advanced as a passer. Maybe that's why he didn't get on the field. But once he got his shot – he started to develop a lot more. I mean, that, that's a big part yeah. of It's like, there's a reason Knicks had a higher star. It wasn't be, you know, nepotism yeah. always plays a part and coaches bias yeah. always plays a part. But some of these guys are just more advanced, more ready to play. And yeah. I think Malik is one yeah. of those, he's, he's like the long-term guy. I mean, hes he is the yeah. definition cool. of a project. And, and, and yeah. I'll just say this, like any rookie quarterback you get this year, Don't expect them to start right away. Don't expect them to be good right away. You know, like that is not a fair expectation. Most like, you know, not everyone is Justin Herbert. Most guys come into the league and they they go to a terrible situation and they struggle. I mean, like Justin Fields, Justin Fields is twice the prospect any of these guys are. And Justin Fields struggled year one. Trevor Lawrence, same thing. I mean, I, I expect a lot of these guys to bounce back, but I mean, you just, it's all about expectation management for the coaches and for the fans, I feel like. It also
0: go, uh, goes to where you go, because if you go, if, if any one of those top prospects went to New England with all the acquisitions that they made this uh, past offseason, I'm guaranteeing you every one of those rookie quarterbacks would have went to the playoffs. Um, but Jacksonville, New York Jets, New York Giants, you can't tell me that any quarterback prospect if they get a quarterback this year, it would be the worst mistake that they can do because they are not ready for that type of thing. I mean, unless you're going for like a a Russell Wilson or anything like that, but it's just a a mistake. Um, And then Chicago. Chicago was a a mess, man. It was a mess. From the coaching to coordinate. everything was a mess. So the great thing about this quarterback class is that it's not as good as last year. And the great thing about that is it's going to push them down to better teams. I honestly feel that Any one of these prospects that go to Pittsburgh, that go to Denver, that go to even Washington will have a lot higher success rate than anybody that's going to Carolina right now.
1: Is the, is the franchise assuming they keep the first round pick? uh, are they better drafting something other than quarterback at 11 and then jumping back into the bottom of the first round to go quarterback where maybe the value is a little better. You know, I'm convinced, and I've been on this for a couple years now, if I was a GM, I would do that every other year. I would use my second round pick every other year to jump back into the first round, catch the fifth year option, and add more talent that way. Uh, I'm curious your thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, I mean, the big thing is you're playing the guessing game when you trade your pick. You're assuming that you're going to be good next year. And like we know with Montez Sweat, that it ended up being a very high second-round pick that we could have used. I like the yeah. idea of trading back than trading forward in general. But, you know, it takes two to tangle. You have to get the right value and everything. But, I mean... I i feel like i'm way more into trading back than trading up i i don't want to give up yeah, a, yeah. a future second that could be another high pick if anything i don't want to give up anything i just want to draft a rookie quarterback if i can help it you know yeah. i understand the veteran like there's no way they're not going to upgrade veteran quarterback whether it's they like have a G or whatever they do. I mean, they're going to do something. Maybe it's more, uh, maybe it's a bigger deal. Maybe it's someone like Matt Ryan, but my God, have you seen the cap hit on him? I think it's over like 40, 45. More- yeah. It's something 45. You know,
1: like yeah, but they, they would drop, they would drop him and then you would redo a deal with him
2: yeah or like the Falcons will eat part of it like so it's right. not just like they'll take 45 but I mean I, I think they're feeling the pressure though I think they know they have to get this right and and signing some free agent quarterback isn't going to be enough but I mean what happens if the quarterback they love is gone at 11 so they have to be ready for any scenario you have to have yeah. contingency plans or what happens if like some guy falls? you know like maybe Matt Corral falls really far because like people are worried about his injury you know it could be something like that or maybe it's like Carson Strong some people are not sold on him but you know maybe our medical team he checks out and they want to wait and take him in the second round or the third round you know there there's so much ambiguity right now and like the senior bowl people get so hyped up for the senior bowl the most important part about the senior bowl is the interviews and the medicals. That's what matters. Yeah. It's not the play on yeah. the, Oh my God, this receiver beat this cornerback one-on-one. He's so that's Fitzpatrick. <laughs> He's an amazing receiver. Did you see what he did yeah. at the senior bowl? I mean, come on, that's yeah. not matter. The game does not matter. It's not important. What's important is the interview, the medicals, and I guess the measurements too, but like pe- people don't talk about that. They get so enthralled with these one-on-one practices that don't mean anything. Yeah. Nothing. And I totally agree. Like, I would rather
0: trade down than trade back up. Uh, uh, we, can't, we can't forget, too, is we don't have a fifth-round pick. So we're trading up and lose another pick that just limits what we can do. Also, go, the free, agent, free agency is going to be big for us. Like, we have to address things free agency. And my personal opinion is you have to go hard or go home at Mike Linebacker. Um, and I'm talking about for a vet, not in the draft, because the the problem with Jamin, Dam- Jamin Davis is not talent, is and yeah, he, I, I, he got way overdrafted. I just don't agree with drafting any off. like like you say, all fall linebackers is not pass rushers that high is is ridiculous. But at the same time, you did make that investment. They were counting on him to learn off of John Bostic. And John Bossick is, however, we might want to bury him for his lack of ability and, and, and lack of like athleticism, is he would have did wonders for Jamin Davis being next to him. Just being in near him, around him, next to him, playing right here. You need a veteran in the middle. Like you need somebody specifically if, if you're not, I, I don't agree with us. Us as Washington going to go for a N'Kobe Dean, and no matter how much I highly I, I think of him, I just don't, it's irresponsible for us. And we're just not in that position. We need somebody to man that ship, to understand uh, NFL offenses day one, day one, that can just let the uh, Cole and, and Jamin play freely let them use their uh, their athleticism without thinking, without having to call plays. Just
2: go do. See. Don't attack. don't be talking trash on Dean. Doug will meet you.
0: <laughs> I know. Well, I, I, love, him. I, you, but I love, love him. I love him.
2: I don't understand how
1: a <laughs> linebacker is a huge need, and yet Nakobe Dean at eleven is a bad pick. You would have to explain that to me.
2: Right, oh, so I want to. I, I want to explain that. I want to explain that because. I I talked a lot about line. I love off ball linebacker is important. You need off ball linebackers. But I want to tell you over the past four years, I was just looking at this. I went back and I looked at every single first round linebacker. There might be two good ones out of the maybe 12 or 13 guys who were selected. Most all of them. They're good at one thing. They're good at maybe stopping the run maybe being a good pass rusher, but there's almost no off ball linebackers that can cover, rush the passer and stop the run all at once. Like you think of Devin white. That's who everyone points to. Devin white is so amazing. He's so athletic. He's all over the field. If you go and look at his numbers, you look at his grades, he's in a below average linebacker three out of four years. And the, his best year where he had his nine sacks, he gave up over a hundred reception receptions and coverage, a hundred receptions as a linebacker. Like, the problem is you cannot find like three down linebackers anymore. It's so hard to do. So if you spend a pick, they better turn into Bobby Wagner or a premium player or else it's not worth your time even if there are some great players out there. Like I'm sure Dean will be good, but I'm just in in round 1 it's cornerback, edge, quarterback and offensive tackle and that's it. Those are the only positions I want to draft. That's
0: it. Like that, that that's literally I mean you have to be at a you have to be an absolute freak. And I'm talking about like, I'm otherworldly, never seen before that type of, I, I like think I have
2: You're like a person, like a
0: person, like a Parsons. like, like, like this. You have to be somewhere that can, that can attack and at every angle and without fail. I, and I'm not saying Dean can't do that. I'm saying that he's that guy, but I it's specifically for Washington. If, if if Baltimore Ravens wanted to do that, I don't think they should because I think they need they idea. They, they drafted,
2: they drafted Patrick Queen, Queen in the first round, and Queen yeah. was not good. And Devin Bush. There's so many guys. I can just go through the list, and almost all of them are just average players. Tremaine Edmonds, he was supposed to be the next up-and-coming superstar linebacker. He's a he's terrible in coverage. He teams target him, watch him in the playoffs. They will go after him because he can't cover. He doesn't have good instincts. Takes them. A, it takes them two to three years at least.
0: Two to three years at least. So my thing is this: is for us when we need an immediate impact, we're not in a position to have that type of luxury at that position. we we need to have that type of luxury if all patients for quarterback, for offensive tackle, for uh, you know these things are immediate impacts and they are they they're game changers. I, I I'm not saying that prospects like Dean aren't are not game changers, but The likelihood of him being that day one is drastically lower than any type of offensive tackle quarterback or cornerback.
1: All right, let's wrap up the round one talk with this. If, If they don't go quarterback and they have the pick, what are some other names you'd like to see there? If you're not talking about, you know, the, the linebackers, you're looking at maybe, um, Stingley Jr. from LSU, if he falls there, or the kid from Clemson. You like corner there, uh, Jason like Williams sauce. probably was a pick at 11. Probably the injury bumped him out of that area. You like sauce,
0: I like sauce,
1: and that's what that's the kid from Clemson.
0: No, that's from uh, Cincinnati.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Uh, are you do we do they need receiver in that first round? No, tackle. Yeah. You, they're set at tackle now whereas they should be still be looking at tackle at 11.
2: Uh, you should always be looking at tackle i mean any of these yeah. positions you got to keep you got to keep addressing uh one one hole that no one is talking about is nickelback they don't have a nickelback they have they have yeah. danny johnson was... Not good last year, and and cornerbacks they go up and down with their performances. But you yeah. know, I'd like to see them get some sort of hybrid safety. You know, like a Holland type who can who can play free safety, but can come up and play in the slot, kind of like what Bobby. Brisker, yeah, yeah, Brisker. That's a good one. That's a good one. I mean, like yeah. you, you, gotta, be, you can't lock in on one player. I feel like, but like yeah. receiver in round one is fine. Uh, there, everyone wonders like why Washington doesn't have good skill players. Why, why don't we develop receivers? We never draft them early. We barely ever draft yeah. receivers. We always look at free agency and that's why we never develop guys. You can't draft a receiver once every like three years and expect you to have a good receiver core after that. I mean, like Diamond yeah. e Brown is great. Keep digging. You know, you have to do this every single year. Like the Steelers do yeah. until you get it right.
0: I do think that they, that I don't think they should hit receiver at round one. And that's only because the quarterback is such a big question for us, right? Um, and offensive tackle, I have no problem going there round one. But there's a guy in round two, and there's a few guys in round two that have position flex that can play, that can, that can be a, a start, an all-star. I'm talking about like literally an all-pro right guard and still play a backup tackle. And I think that's something that that Ron has a tendency to lean towards as well. Um, with me, I, I, I'm thinking, I try not to label or go for just one prospect. I try to look at it a, as a whole, like no matter how much I love Jaquan Brisker, um, I really love um, Marquise Bell from Florida A M. He's an HBCU prospect who probably won't hear his name, Carl, to to like the fourth round. But he has not just position flex, not just six foot uh, four, 40. But he has experience playing off, up top, over top, and single high in the box. He has experience playing linebacker. He's violent. He's instinctive. He has ball skills. He can jump like thirty seven inches in the air. <laughs> like like he's he's somebody that like if you're gonna resign Bobby McCain, right? And the only way I go is if I can get a guy like Briscoe or maybe Daxon Hill from uh, Michigan, somebody who's literally right here, a ball hawk. Outside of that, I'm not going to get them in first two rounds. I'm going to get them round three, four with somebody I can that has those skills but not quite ready and have somebody like uh, McCain out there consistently and just put them out on packages, like single high packages. Um, Round two, I I would this this may seem a little controversial, but I would go heavy on old line. There's going to be a lot of old line prospects, and the wide receiver draft is so deep that they're not going to draft one round one and round two. They paid Samuel. They're going to pay Terry, and they they are invested in Diami, right? And the great thing about it is Samuel. you can talk about the injuries. He's played four years only missing eight games before this year. Like only missing eight games, even this year was never a serious, serious injury. I can, you can doubt whether he's a a wide receiver too. You can doubt that, but I can guarantee you his production is going to go, going to quadruple for next year, I would go heavy O line round two.
1: And round three seems to be where running backs fall and start getting taken. I am not convinced that they won't take a running back. Frankly, you should take a running back every year, it feels like. Um, I have long said, and I'm curious your opinions on this, that I'm not suggesting that Gibson's snap count needs to be lowered, but they need to, because he needs touches. I just don't like them all from RB1 uh, and would like to add somebody that probably can run through the tackles a bit more. I don't think that this toe thing is going anywhere, and I don't think that necessarily him getting beat on is long-term success for him. What do you think about running back, say a guy like James Cook, in that third round?
2: Yeah. I mean, so I don't want to take a running back with a premium pick. I I consider day one, day two premium pick. So I don't want to, I don't want to waste a pick on a running back. Yeah. They need to address the position and yeah, they should do it through the draft. But I mean, it's running back. You you can address that. The big thing with Gibson, like people, people like just, I don't understand this. Like, yeah, he got over a thousand yards. He played 16 games. He was a compiler this year. He was not good. He was inefficient. I don't know if it was due to injury. I know it wasn't due to run blocking. And everyone knows that rushing success comes from your offensive line. I know they're one of the best run blocking units in the NFL. And he was still inefficient, which was very curious. Um, so so that's the big thing. I don't think they need a guy who can break a bunch of tackles. I think that what Gibson is good at is one-on-one creating after contact. That's what he's good at. What they need is a guy who can with breakaway speed. They need a guy who's a home run threat. Um so yeah. so that's what I'm looking at and he has to be a good pass catcher because Gibson is not a very good route runner um he's not a very good pass protector that's why he doesn't play on those uh, those other downs like McKissick is just better than him at that and how McKissick is, is not, not a, very good How runner. is
1: Gibson not I don't understand Gibson's receiving and route running problems when that's all he did was. because Here's
2: why in Memphis, he was a running back, but he got beat out by better backs like Gainwell. And the problem there is Gainwell was a better receiver than him. Just because you get moved to another position, it doesn't mean you're good at that position. It just means they didn't know where else to put him. They didn't like him as much as, you know, they had Henderson, they had Gainwell, they had some better prospects and they were just better. And that's what happens. Like I, and I'm not. But trying he's just to an write. athletic freak. So he, he's put, an you athletic gotta put, freak. You, gotta put, you gotta put. You gotta give him the ball. You, know, you gotta give him some. Chances. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You gotta create like one-on-one chances for him. And that's, and that's why I like that.
1: him in that Debo Samuel role.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The the problem is he can't like create separation when he runs routes. Like you know he's very like. Like, Debo is not the most polished route runner, right? But he creates separation right away, and then he's a freak after the catch. And I think you're right, though. That's a, that's what needs to be addressed. It's yak for all these skill players. What can they do after the catch? We don't have a lot of guys who are good at that, and we don't have quarterbacks who can deliver the ball in a perfect spot so they can create that yak. And I think that's the next step. I don't need – I think we're good on speed at receiver. I think we're fine. It, yeah. It's yak. It's guys you can create quick separation and then create after the catch. I think that's what the focus of receiver and running back and even tight end. They don't really have a tight end who can do that, to be honest with you. So that's, that's another position later on they probably need to address. Two prospects, Nate. Two prospects. Uh, what do you, and I'm not talking about second round, just in general.
0: Um, Wondell Robinson and Khalil Shakur. Yeah, yeah, guys, I like Khalil Shakur as a pure receiver better, but Wando Robinson is just an all around
2: weapon. He used to play running back. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> I love that guy. Yeah, he's he's not like he's kind of like Debo in the way he's used, but he's not the size is way different. Like the body, oh, no, yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's put together
0: well, but he's not he's not Debo. Debo Debo is like a, <laughs> Debo is a big boy.
1: What round do you start looking? You've been talking about the nickel position and I completely agree with you. So what round do you start looking at that nickel and what round do you start looking if you don't like middle linebacker early on? uh, They do need somebody in there to start learning the position, even if they get a, a, uh, somebody in free agency, what rounds do we start looking for guys like that?
2: Yeah. I mean, the, you got the mid rounds for that, but I I will say like one big thing, everyone's talking about spinning and free agency. Um, You know, if they let Brandon Sheriff go and they don't go Buck Wild signing during free agency, they're probably going to get a third round pick in the 2023 draft. And that could be, I know that doesn't sound like a lot. That's an extra starter a lot of times. So I'm kind of more with the Baltimore Ravens approach. I want to get these comp picks. I don't. I don't like to spend up in free agency. I like to build depth in, during free agency. Now I will say this yeah. is a tremendous year for like safeties. There is like three or four awesome free agent safeties and you're going to have to yeah. break the bank for those guys. Unfortunately. I mean, you got Honey Badger, Marcus Williams, Jesse Bates, and Marcus May is coming off that injury, but there's some really good safety. Quandre Diggs. It digs yeah, do. too, yeah. I mean, like it, you go down the list, and then and then for the draft, I mean, there's five like top 50 deep safeties in this class. So that's where I want to address the position is safety. I, I safety and and slot cornerback. I want to see them go after either day one or day two. So
1: I would uh, I would be stunned if they bring Sheriff back. And I think you're right that sets up the comp pick for not this year, but the following draft. People get that confused. It's the the following draft of the comp picks. Uh, but I like the way the guard situation is set up for next year. I like Flowers. I, I think Schweitzer just moves right into that right guard spot, which he was good at. I'm not sure what the plan is will be for Sadiq Charles, who was not great again this year. He was
0: great. He was great at run blocking, though. Great at run blocking.
1: Okay.
2: Uh at guard. I think he gave up like three sacks against Denver when yeah. he played tackle. But like, he yeah, not I mean, good. He, he might be a better like depth piece. I mean, I think he was really yeah. overrated. We just focus on the school he went to versus like the prospect he was. Well, he was really
0: fluid, but he was raw. So like as a, as a mover, like one thing that impressed me with him at LSU was he was a natural climber. Like it's specifically in like the running game and the screen game. Like he would climb to that second level, and and I'm talking about like, like wow, that boy is fast. And I don't mean like track speed, but I'm like, like he'll he'll set, he'll block, and he'll go to that next level. And it was just all so fluid that you see, man, I I can I can do something with that guy. But with that said, is He's not sound and pass pro like his hands are too slow. Uh, I don't want to say they're too slow. He doesn't move them fast enough Like he keeps his hands down instead of keeping them up. So that already gives whoever's in in front of him an advantage because most of those people are like, oh, okay, slap. I'm a go.
1: Well, fellas, I think we, uh, we learned some things. I don't know if we solved any problems today, but, uh, Always great to get you guys' insight on these things uh, because I value your opinions very much. And uh, I will see you guys down the road. All right, brother. Nice talking to you guys.
0: All right.